0: Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes.
1: Hey, superachievers! For today's episode, I'm interviewing Jim Hughes. Jim is a coach who helps others have more fun and make a greater impact, specializing in high-performing types from the world of entrepreneurship, sports, or military. Welcome, Jim. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me. It's delightful.
1: Well, I'm excited about learning how to become untamed. But before we do that, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners?
0: I can. I'm conscious of time and rambling and giving you far too much information because quite a long and varied background, but a high-level overview, born, raised in the UK, um, went to university, studied politics and communications, finished that. and like, I'm not prepared to be an adult yet. I don't yet know what I want to do in life. Let's just delay adulthood for for another couple of years. So actually the intention was to delay it by a year. I moved to Whistler in, in British Columbia in uh, Western Canada. And that one year turned into five years where I ended up ski instructing and, uh, plumbing, pizza delivery, driving, adventuring, basically just having as much fun as I could and working to survive um, during those five years. And then I thought, right, now it's time to be an adult. So I then <laughs> moved to Western Australia um, to work in the mining industry. And wow. very long story short, I ended up running an engineering company uh, while I was over there. And that was my first proper job at the age of 26, thrown in like properly in the deep end, pretending to be a control systems engineer, which is basically like an electrical engineer. Wow. Um, I got put on secondment in yeah, The guy who hired me knew I had a background in politics. He, he rewrote my, my resume for me. He sent me on secondment to his client, told the client I had a degree in electrical engineering. <laughs> and four years work experience <laughs> and, oh my then, goodness. and that was a month to common which turned into eight months of, of basically living a lie <laughs> <Just> <laughs> not quite sure how i got through that and then i ended up coming back to the office of that company ended up running that, that that engineering company not the clients but the, the main one yeah and that was really exciting. It was it was a massive growth opportunity because I was th- kind of thrown in the deep end with that as well. Um, really bad mining recession in Australia. Um, he didn't know what he was doing. He kind of slowly backed out of the office, kind of leaving me with the keys. And I was like, <laughs> cool. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm enjoying the challenge. And then up to the point where I wasn't enjoying the challenge anymore. The challenge kind of slowed down a bit and the novelty wore off. And then the cracks started to appear as to how misaligned I was, I wasn't using my gifts. I wasn't in the, I wasn't inspired by the industry, quite the opposite. Um, I wasn't working in the environment that was stimulating me. I was in an office, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I just, I had been drifting for a couple of years at that up to that point without realizing it, drifting further away from who I truly am, what I love mm-hmm. to do, what I'm good at, what I'm inspired by. And that had a huge impact on my health and, and being and happiness and, and it was just, as always, that that noise that had been going on for years that I was not tuned into finally got so loud Yeah, that it was like, oh, right, I should probably do something about this now. And that's <laughs> when this I went on this massive journey of personal development and self-discovery uh, to figure out who I was, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to serve, how I wanted to serve them, the life I wanted to lead, all of that stuff. And that's what led me ultimately to what I do now, which is... Uh, coaching people, and ironically enough, the outcome of that journey was my realization that I wanted to help people go through that same that same process because it's so easy. And I'm sure you've you've spoken to loads of people who've gone through this and know people personally who just you just you're in the grind and you don't realize it's like you're swimming in the sea with your head down and you don't realize the current is just taking you all slowly further and further away from who you truly are. And if you never knew who you are in the first place, which I would say most of us don't on a really deep level, yeah. You've got no, you've got no yards you've got no land bearing. So when you look, put your head up to go. Oh wow, look how far I drifted. You just go. This doesn't feel very good, and I don't know why, and I don't know what to do about it. And that scares the hell out of me. And that's the yeah. work that I do now with Untamed.
1: Wow, I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. What is it was at Tasha Urich's work. She found that most people think that they're self-aware, but only ten percent really actually are fully self-aware.
0: Yeah, I've read, like, that's, it, I've read that same stat. It's incredible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it almost sort of likens it to drivers. Like we all think we're good drivers, but we can't all be good drivers, right? Just basic bell curve. Anyway,
0: hundred <laughs> percent. So- and there's, there's a there's a, not a condition. There's a a, a theory, a like psychology, a psychological theory about the more we think we know, the less we usually know. Yes, um, oh, I can't remember what it is. I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, that definitely applies to self awareness. Absolutely, 100%.
1: yeah. So uh, before we get into how to become untamed, what exactly is untamed?
0: So un- untamed as a business, if that was your question, is 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 a coaching business concept? It, oh, okay, so the concept. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that's a much more interesting answer. Um, <laughs> business is dull. Um, untamed as a concept is the is the idea of. I realised that I had become, or I had allowed myself to become stifled. My, I'd muted my personality. I had disconnected from who I thought I was, which even the even the assumption was incorrect back then, anyway. Um, And I had become, in in the absence of knowing who I truly was, I, I was trying to become what I thought other people wanted, or what I thought would get me through that moment in the best possible way. Whether, whether that was healthy or not, or serving or not. And the, the process of, of becoming untamed or helping people um, untame themselves is the, this idea of they, they remove those previous limiting beliefs, those ideas of who they should be, those expectations of themselves that have been either imposed on them by others or self created, and reconnecting with who they truly are. Reconnecting with them at their core, um, so they're in they're in alignment. They are at peace, and that's that's a really big one. If I if I was to give any kind of objective for any of my clients, my main goal is that they end up feeling more at peace with who they truly are. Because most of us, a lot of us, aren't at peace, but we don't know why, and we blame it on work, we blame it on the economy, we blame it on the war in Ukraine, we blame it on a million things. But ultimately, yeah. it's just we are not comfortable with who we are. Because we're not connected to all of the different sides of us. There's internal conflicts going on. I like this, but then I don't like this. And then we haven't reconciled those conversations. And that's where the lack of peace comes in. So untaming, ultimately, I suppose I could boil it right down to that.
1: Yeah, cool. So before we get into how to become more untamed, I'm just imagining that individual sitting there, but I have a lot of expectations on me. People want me to show up a certain way. You know, I've got... uh, I went into a certain occupation because that's what my parents expected and my family's counting on me. Can you maybe share a why for them, why they should consider becoming untamed?
0: Yeah, that's a really easy one. And the question is, ask yourself the right question. So we're, we're dictated. We dictate our actions by the questions that we, that we ask ourselves. Um, a Google search is only as good as a question that you ask. Yes. So, if you Google what the weather is, you're not going to find out what the football score was. In in our own mind, if we ask ourselves a certain question, our brain will go out and be very and very effectively come back with with answers to that specific question. And the question in in to answer your to go to your point, the question that many people are asking themselves is, what is the cost of changing?
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: What is the cost of living my truest, becoming my truest self, living my best life? And they immediately can point to a million things. Well, I've got, I've earned, I'm earning a good, good money now, and I've got mortgage, and I've got kids, um, and um, I'm trained in this now, so I couldn't really shift that. And what, what else? What could I do? There's all of these negative, fear-based, scarcity-based questions that are going through Absolutely. their mind, and their brain comes back with this nice big long list. Together, yeah, yeah. See, here's, see, Michael, this is all uh-huh. of the reasons why you probably shouldn't do anything about it. <laughs> And if we continue that same question, it doesn't matter how hard we think we want to change, we're not. It's good, we're going to be pushing the proverbial uphill. If we shift the question to what's the cost of not changing, mm. then we can start opening up to the realization, to the reality that exi- has existed for a long time probably in most people's cases or many people's cases, that they've been misaligned and it's costing them a lot. It's costing them their, it's costing them stress, What's well, causing them stress? I should say, and not, often it's not the kind of stress that you can point to and go, "Oh, I feel so stressed." It's the undercurrent, It's that ee- mm-hmm. like little noise, that little nagging thing that just takes so much a energy. Mosquito all your around time. your ear, like yeah. a little mosquito <laughs> in your ear. Um, it's your relationships. It, you know, when we are misaligned and we're not living our our truest self, and we know it subconsciously, but we don't know it consciously we start to show up in our, in a lower quality version of ourselves we start to react from a place of anger and fear because we feel insignificant we feel uncertain we feel that we're not connected and we try yeah. and meet those needs in unhealthy ways it'll and that obviously has a huge knock-on to our health um oh, and yeah. our performance i mean there's there's nothing that it doesn't no part of our life it, that it couldn't permeate
1: but we yeah, have to I be know-
0: open to that
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I noticed uh, uh, most people won't change until there's pain involved, right? They hit some sort of pain 100%. point. Yeah. I, I, so I, I love- did a
0: talk a couple of weeks ago. Sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but it no, no, might, be, might be relevant. I did a talk a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago now about change. And I believe there's three elements of uh, that can either help or hinder change happening. Number one is we have to quantify the cost of the status quo. So if we're if we think that we everything is okay at this moment we are not inspired to change especially if that change is scary yeah the second thing we have to do is we have to fall in love with what the possibility of the new thing might be so if we don't have a, if if we know we're having a crap time but then we have no idea what an alternative could look like we're not going to move because there's no certainty there there's no there's no path that we can see ahead so we have to really quantify the cost of the status quo. We have to fall in love with a new thing. We have to visualize it. And then the third element is we have to become aware of and overcome our resistances. And if you think of a pipe, you've got one. The, the first step is the energy pushing through the pipe. The second step is the energy being pulled from the other end of the pipe, and the resistances are squeezing down on that pipe. So the more the greater the resistances are, the more the disparity needs to be between the push and the pull. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And the, the resistance is the fear of judgment, the fear of failure, the fear of letting people down, the fear of money, insert the blank, there's millions of them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's say people realize the cost of, I love that, what's the cost of not changing is too great. So they need to change. So how do we become untamed? <sighs>
0: It's a journey, and I don't. It's not a destination. Uh, it, obviously, I'm still going through it myself. and oh, will do. That, yeah. Will do forever, <laughs> and it, it's, that's why it's really important to enjoy the journey, because that's what it is. Um, the first, there's. I, I suppose there's probably there's probably elements or characteristics, maybe or behaviours or traits that you need to be to go along that journey so i'm not gonna i wouldn't say there's a five-step process to becoming untamed because that's just not true right but there's certain things that you would that i would strongly recommend that people start to do or to feel or to be in order to become untamed and that is number one is well i suppose the three elements i've just talked about quantify the cost fall in love with the new Mm -hmm. and then and then understand the resistances but fundamentally you've got to be honest with yourself and that comes into step one about quantifying the cost of the status quo because our lack of um honesty will never allow us to see and admit oh actually wow i haven't been happy for years um i've spent a hundred thousand pounds training to be a lawyer or dollars and i've never wanted to be it i I did it because that's what my parents wanted or i thought i thought that's what my parents wanted it takes an incredible amount of honesty to 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 say to yourself, "This isn't my calling. This actually leaves me feeling more miserable than it does happy." And, and with that bravery,
1: absolutely,
0: because yeah. that journey, we all crave certainty. You wouldn't get into a car if you didn't know that the brake pedal is going to slow you down when you pushed it. <laughs> we crave certainty on different levels. That's an obvious, easy example that we may not have even related to. But in our life, if we don't have an idea of where we may go or how we may get there or who we may become and the risks associated with that we're not going to move so that's where the bravery comes in you have got to kind of lean into it and some people have a high tolerance for risk and some people have a low tolerance for risk some people think they've got a high tolerance for risk because they go bungee jumping but they're incapable or unwilling to, to deviate from the well-worn path in their career so there's a kind of blend of honesty and bravery and, and, a, and then I suppose the third element and it's probably the most the most important. Let's say they're all equally important.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> is important. To,
0: <laughs> is to surround yourself with the right people. Absolutely. And that's where the resistances can be increased or decreased depending on who you're around. If you're, if you are, married to somebody or you have let's say you're still at home if you're a student or the parents are playing a a strong role in your life if they are not supportive of the person you want to become your ability to get there is is hindered if you if you let them which most people do because we are are we're hardwired to connect with other people it was a it's a basic instinct because lack of connection back in when we were together has meant certain death. So we are hardwired to please other people and to fit in. So if those people around us don't are afraid of who we could become, and that's usually the case, then our ability to get there is a lot is dramatically reduced. So it's about being aware of, and then cultivating your environment around you to be to have people who are supportive of where you want to get to. Unfortunately, the family are probably the most important element of that, and they're the ones you can't change. So, if that's the case, start with people who are lower hanging fruit. Listen to podcasts like this, read books. That's it. That they are. That's your environment that counts. Um, and then start hanging out with different people. Attend masterminds, go to events, seminars, and then start hanging out with people more regularly. Become their friends, or you know, make your own circle. That's that's the key stuff. And then the family, you can work on that down the line.
1: Yeah, it's so easy to can create those connections today when I mean, we literally yeah. have the world open to us. Absolutely. I love it. So we need some courage. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to surround ourselves with people who will be supportive of that and create that environment that helps us. Well, so suggestions for really diving into figuring out, like, so let's say you don't really know what you want in life. How, how do you become more self-aware with that?
0: there's a there's one thing i always suggest is a really it's a really good starting point and it's it it it's quite good low-hanging fruit and you can make gains quite quickly with it and that's this idea of um tapping into your flow state
1: mm. so i don't
0: know if you're familiar with them i'm sure you are and lots of people yes. might know them as, as <laughs> other things whether it's being in the zone this idea of being in flow has been around for 50 odd years and it's that moment in time when you're completely consumed by like a task or an activity uh you're you're not in your head you're just following your instincts You're challenged just to the right amount that it's stimulating not too much that it's frustrating not too little that it's boring ultimately you succeed in that thing and you have more energy i believe you have you have more energy at the end of that thing than you did at the beginning that's the idea of, of being in a state of flow and We've all been in the state of flow. Most of us have got there by mistake and it's just happened. And we've gone, Ooh, that was cool. And then we've either not noticed it or we've noticed it and then moved on, or we've noticed it and gone, how the hell did that happen? But not being able to answer the question, very few people can join the dots as to how to create it. So if you think about it, so many, so many elements have to be in line and at play for you to be into a state of flow. So what that means is whilst that means, whilst it on the face of it sounds, it's probably kind of hard to engineer, so to speak. What it does mean is that it's a very data rich moment. So if you can look back and Steve Jobs talked about connecting the dots, looking backwards versus looking forwards and the, 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 the importance of doing that, or the ability to do that. If you can find three to five, I, I say three to five, you can find 10 brilliant. If you can only find one, that's a good start. But three to five is good is a good starting point because it gives you a, you can start to build a picture. Find three to five moments in your life when you were in a state of flow. It could have been fleeting, you know, seconds or minutes. It could have been hours or days. And try and find examples that were, var- that are varied. So when you were young, when you're more recent ones, when you are at work, when you were playing sports, when you're at home with your friends, and start and then break them down. And I usually suggest five, five kind of categories, if you can break each one down into so what were you doing? So what was the task or the activity? Was it playing golf? Was it um problem solving in a board meeting? Was it being the the supporter for a friend who was who was upset? Um what was your role in that? Were you the the peacekeeper were you the ideas person were you the um were you the um God, sudden mind blank it doesn't matter In say your own there's millions of there's millions the of roles that you could play the, yeah. yeah the analyzer exactly the people the connector bringing people together yeah. um what was the environment you were in was it indoors was it outdoors was it a work setting was it on a sports field was it in the battlefield? I work with a lot of people in the military and so often their flow states are when they're in combat or were in combat and they're not thinking they're in, they've got their team around them. They all have their roles. They have absolute trust in each other and it just works seamlessly. There's barely any communication and they don't know how they did it. it. It just happened. So what was the environment? Then who were you with? Were they strangers? Were they people you really connected with? Were they family, friends? Um, what, was the, what was the dynamic of those people? Do you, did you know them? Were you, were you the trusted person in that, in that dynamic? Or is it somebody new because there's an element of variety there? And then the final thing is what's the outcome of that moment? Did you create something new from scratch that didn't previously exist? Did you solve a problem? Did you, um, did you help a person or an organization? overcome something they've been battling with for years months weeks so if you can break three to five moments down into those key sort of areas subcategories there's so much data in that because then you can start to, to build a picture to draw a picture and you go wow oh, yeah. actually i, I realise i need to be in a team oh that explains why i've been feeling misaligned for the last six months in my role i've been moved into a more isolated role wow, I realize I need to actually be inspired by the people I'm, I'm around and I'm not at the moment. And wow, I, I, I need more creativity. Creativity is what brings me to life. When there's no constraints, there's no rule book, when I'm allowed to create from a blank canvas, and at the moment I'm stifled because I'm being given a copybook. You can start to build a picture and you realize then what's missing, what isn't missing, what elements you can bring back. And if you can, if you can design your... We're talking about work a lot, but if you can design your life around your flow states and have them as central, rather than being an indulgence, which you have to earn,
1: which yeah. is really
0: important in this, with this idea of worthiness, we feel like we can enjoy our flow states once we've worked for them. It's the other way around. If you can, di- if you can design your life around your flow states, they're going to give you the energy. That's when you're at your greatest. That's yeah. when you're closest to your potential and you're most aligned when, you, when you're at the most value.
1: Love it. Oh, that's awesome. I've never had it broken down like that before for me, and I love it. So now I think it would also help to have a coach to guide you through this process. So could you share a little bit about your products? and a great and idea.
0: Services? <laughs> Coaching always helps. Um, yeah, but on, to touch on that, you know, joking aside, have, having somebody to check in on this journey with you, because you're going to have voices that are going to be, if you're going to go through this journey, whoever's listening or watching. Um, there's going to be voices you're going to, oh yeah I'm now I'm really keen on on finding my true path I'm really keen on becoming untamed and then sometimes it's the first hurdle we go no no not doing that that's scary yep. and then one person <laughs> shoots you down and then you you know the the path of least resistance is taken again so having a coach or a friend or somebody there as a bit of a rock to hold the space for you to go through that journey with maybe you can do it together i think is so valuable as long as you connect and trust each other um in terms of how i do that i work with people typically one on one on a user and 3 month uh, period for the first for the first um, engagement. i think there's so much to be said about putting time into this committing to yes. it because it's not an overnight thing yeah. um, it's an
1: investment in yourself
0: yeah. it's an investment in yourself and i'm biased but i think it's one of the most important elements you can invest in obviously because it is your health and well-being it's your performance it's your relationships it's your happiness it's life's too short not to be aligned in my opinion so it's a three-month engagement there's a call every couple of weeks and we spend you know to i will go to the depths that my clients are willing to go and obviously the deeper they go that's where the greatest pain often is but it's also where the greatest uh, growth often is as well
1: awesome well and how do people get a hold of you
0: they can find me on my website, which is becomeuntamed.com, or they can email me, which is Jim at becomeuntamed.com, or on LinkedIn, Jim Hughes, and uh offer a, a free 15-minute call. Um to any of your listeners who want to who want to uh, take that up, we can share the link. I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm just throwing that at you. Um if you don't support that, I've just I've just thrown you under the bus there. So sorry about that, Christina. Yeah, no, but- <laughs> no, it's
1: fine. No, we'll put your uh we'll put your um uh, and become untamed into the, uh, the show notes.
0: Yeah, perfect. So yes. there's the, I'll share a 50 minute link, which is not on my website. Oh, okay, um, Awesome. Normally you have to know me or whatever for me to send that personally. So I'll, I'll happily share that. And that's just an intro call to people who just want to go. I kind of like what you said, but I don't understand it. Can you give yeah. me some more information? It's not a sales call. It's just me helping out. And if we connect well, we can carry on the conversation. And if not, it doesn't matter. because. I love it and I love helping people. So
1: <laughs> Awesome. Cool. So what is your final piece of advice for our listeners?
0: I think you'd probably go back to that initial question. If you're, if you're, if you're already on the journey, you, you probably don't need this advice as much because you're doing it. This, I suppose, is for the people who are either on the fence about making a significant change in their life to become more entamed or people who think, nah, that doesn't really apply to me. For those people, as the second group, just be open to the fact that that might not be true. (laughs) Um, And for the group who are on the fence, they kind of know. My suggestion is to ask that first question. If if you're conscious of your questions, ask another question, which is, what's the cost of not changing? And you may realize Mm -hmm. that the evidence your brain finds is much more exhaustive and significant than than you previously realized.
1: Yeah. I love that question. And I love everything you've shared with us. So thank you so much for joining us today.
0: No, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Christina.
1: If you'd like to learn more about Jim, visit his website at becomeuntamed.com. Christina delivers her speeches to diverse global industries on a variety of topics. You can learn more about booking her for your event at christinaeans.com.